I'll just... Uh, Alright, we're going to go ahead and uh, get started here. So if you want to see this, um, I just set the stage a little bit for this video we watched at the conference there. Really, it was suggested to us, you know, the context of this video is kind of, most of us feel strapped for time. Most of us, I mean, how many of you could use some more time in your day right now? Anybody? Yeah, so this this video is just an idea of how we might save time. So um, we're going to talk about it maybe in our next pastor's meeting or something like that. But go ahead. Let me see if I can get the lights before you turn it on here. See if uh, how these things work. Does that work all right or should I do all of them? Oh, yeah. Let's try that. Lord willing, it'll work. Oh, sound, we have sound. Uh oh. <laughs> oh no. No volume. Hold on one second. Yeah, if you got the volume up and then you bring it back to the and take it back there you go there you go right there there you go right there okay we bless food we pray for it so you don't have to this is the 21st century folks we can sell anything around the clock we've got thousands of employees buying brand name food praying over them and then putting them back on the shelves of your local grocery store with our official sticker of approval we've got breakfast cereal Megan and them had a 
Megan has connections to Frontier Airlines and stuff like that. So they had some buddy passes and they flew out there. So we flew back. We found some cheap tickets back. But it was just a, a time of uh, people who were on campus just sharing thoughts. And there was 10 teachings, I think, in uh, maybe 48 hours or less. 10 teachings. And uh, the food was provided for by the church. One of our churches out there hosted it. A lot of us, like all the guys that were in our vehicle, we um, slept on the floor in a house there that's... Uh, you know, it was. They told us it was a vacant house. They said, "Our house, your housing's taken care of. It's a vacant house. Just bring a sleeping bag." But as we drove and had time to talk about it, vacant went from vacant to foreclosed to abandoned. You know, we just had these thoughts, and we were trying to find the house. We ended up in a field that uh, just had this old like restroom sitting out there. And we're like, "Wow, this is interesting. It's rustic, you know." But we had the wrong address, and so we finally got to our house. It was great. But it was an awesome time of teaching and fellowship, and um, you know, we were really challenged and blessed by it and we you know hopefully we'll be able to share some of the different things I appreciate some of the thoughts that were shared here but um, anyways that was a good time but we're going to go ahead and pray and we're going to look at uh, another subject here this morning that I think will also relate to uh, you know just where we are in a church as a church right now but uh, let's go ahead and pray and jump into this Uh, Well, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this morning where we can come together and worship you and have sweet fellowship with one another that we can um, not even have fun. I just think of how you invented joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And we just thank you we can have fun with silly commercials about pre-blessed food, Lord. Um, But God, I just pray that uh, during this time, just the verses we look at and just by your presence and your spirit, that you would refresh each one of us here, Lord. You would help us in the midst of the full plates and the tiredness and all that each one has going on. Just, I know you're stretching many of us beyond what we can do on our own. And we thank you for that. And we ask that you'd help us to uh, just meet with you wherever we are and that you would give us all that we need. But we just commit this teaching to you and to your glory. We ask you to help us to, um, you know, to apply it to our lives as, you, as you've intended, Lord God. And pray um, all these things we just pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's see here. Um, so one of the things I've just noticed in talking with different people and, and all the construction that's going on, and uh, you know, there's people working a lot with construction. There's people that are not getting to be involved with construction as much, and life is still full and overwhelming and tiring. And so um, one of the verses that came to my mind as I was praying, Lord, you know, what is our need as a church right now? I, I felt like the Lord reminded me of this verse. It's uh it's one from the story of Gideon. You know, Gideon was tasked with uh, setting free the people of Israel from uh, uh, I think it was the Midianites that were um, oppressing them. And so God just told Gideon, you know, here's what I want you to do. And he took him through this thing. And by the time he was done, Gideon just had this small fraction of an army of what he had started with. And it was very small compared to the army he was facing. I think they had 300 men and the other army had, I want to say, 132,000 men, uh, soldiers they were fighting. And yet God had led them into this, you know, this uh, where they were really the underdogs. But then God came through and God started routing their enemies and, and they started running away and they started killing each other and all sorts of crazy things. But at one point they were chasing... Uh, you know, these guys away and they were pursuing them across this river and just trying to have it be a complete route, you know. And um, but, but I love this verse here. You know, it says, And then Gideon and the 300 men who were with him came to the Jordan and crossed over, weary yet pursuing. 
And God had given them a victory, but yet, but they were weary. Yet they pursued the victory. They continued with it, and, and God gave them a complete and total victory there. But you know, in some ways, as a church, I feel like that phrase can maybe represent where where you might be at, or where we are as a church. Weary, weary, yet pursuing. It's tiring physically, emotionally, spiritually. Whatever's on your plate, you could be weary. Yet you are pursuing, and I think that's awesome. And I think some of the things we're going to talk about this morning will maybe help you continue the pursuit in the midst of whatever's going on in the world. Um, another verse that we've talked about recently, and this verse was uh, alluded to in the siren this past week. And the next day after I wrote the siren, I read this verse also in my calendar in the New Living Translation here. But I love how it's phrased here. You know, it says, "Even youth become weak and tired." Young men will fall in exhaustion, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And I just thought this is really what God has for us. You know, He wants us to find a new strength in Him when we've run out, and He wants us to cause us to soar and walk without, you know, walk without fainting, run without growing weary. Thought you could try to substitute that into your own world as it relates to the different teams you might be on. I was trying to think, you know, the the paint you probably apply to this, and they will paint and not paint. You know, I think that's a you can claim that one. And there's a, what was the, the the flooring team is in the process of staining things. I was thinking they can stain without pain or something like that. You can keep going. Um, the the pour, the kitchen team. I was trying to think of things for them. Maybe pouring concrete. Pour, pour without getting on the floor or something like that. I don't know. Uh, without getting sore. That's a good one. Yeah, so if you guys can take this and personalize it to your own life and your own team. What about the bathroom team? You know, they can growl without passing out or something like that. Um, some of you, you know, I know a lot of the moms are staying home and watching the kids while their husbands are gone, and so it takes this partner or teammate they had that was around more than they, you know, uh, more than they are now, and and I thought they're still training kids, they're still engaged, and it's a, a lot of work as well. There's a lot of sacrifice that God will reward there as well, so I thought they could they could train without going insane or something like that, but I think that just all of us has a need for whatever it is, it's running, it's walking, it's, maybe you feel like you're crawling without passing out, or whatever it is, you're teaching, you're training, you're, this verse applies to all of that, God is just saying, hey, I have a strength for you to keep up what you're doing without running out of your own strength, because you're leaning on His, and so that's in a lot of ways what we're going to talk about this morning here. Um, I'm going to try to talk fast. I would really love to get back to that song, that, that new song we did this morning here. I hope that we can wrap up our time with that song, because it's a great song, and we'll practice it, we'll get better at it. You know, I don't think the, the band, it was, the band was having trouble leading us, I'm pretty sure, is what the deal was, so um, we'll have to help them out next time a little more, a little better, make it easier. But no, it's a great song. I'm, I'm glad they just heard it yesterday and jumped into it today or something like that. It's cool. But it relates to some of this. Um, really what we're going to talk about, I think that idea of running without growing weary, walking without fainting, doing what you're doing without running out of steam, I really believe that comes down to the New Testament teaching related to walking in the Spirit, to being filled with the Spirit. This is something some of you might have heard about before and maybe need to be reminded of these truths. This might be a new teaching to you that you've never heard before. But um, 
I'm reminded of Bill Bright when he teaches on when he taught on this subject. He, he used this uh, story of a guy uh, that was, uh, was back in the days of the Depression out in West Texas, and he was a rancher, a sheep rancher, and he was just struggling along, struggling to get by, struggling to not have his ranch foreclosed on, as was happening throughout the, the Depression era. There, he had a, you know um, had government subsidies just to help him keep alive and survive. And eventually, one day, uh, a team of um, uh, you know, it was like a, a size, I forget the name of it, a size, seismographic team maybe. Uh, but they came and they said, hey, can we do a test drill on your land here? Because um, we think you might have some oil. And so they came in and they, and they drilled and they found the first hole that they drilled had something like uh, 80,000 gallons of oil coming out a day. And they did other drill sites and had even double that. And so this guy, this Mr. Yates was his name, you know, it ended up he was struggling to get by. He was living in poverty and he was sitting on an oil field. And, and in some ways that can be true of us in our spiritual lives. We can just struggle to get by to do what we're trying to do. But God has so much more for us. And, and we can live in spiritual poverty just like this guy was living this impoverished life that he didn't know what he had. He owned the rights to it. He was sitting right on top of it. He just never knew. And I know the first time I heard some of these verses and tried to apply them to my life, it, it blew me away. It definitely was a, a milestone in my walk of, of trying to follow Christ, you know. And, and so I hope these will either refresh you or maybe they'll be the first time you've heard some of these things. But, um, but the phrase is this, you know, it says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Um, and, you know, it's a, I think it's a really fundamental part of the Christian life. But one of the questions I've asked is, if this is so fundamental, being filled with the Spirit, how come Jesus didn't say be filled with the Spirit? You know, that would be somewhat important. Did Jesus miss this? And the Holy Spirit had to bring it around? But Jesus used different terminology to express the same idea. You might be familiar with the words, abide in me, remain in me. Jesus said that, you know, he said, if you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. Um, he talked about a rest that comes from abiding in Him. And sometimes abide and remain, it's kind of hard to define. Well, how do I abide? You know, you just like, I'm abiding, I think, you know. Um, but, but this walking in the Spirit gives us a little more insight to what that abiding might be that leads to uh, the, the full life. Jesus said, I, I came to give you life abundantly. And sometimes as Christians, we settle into life... Uh, life religiously, life in a rut, life uh, on autopilot. And I think God wants so much more for each one of us. And, um, and here's some verses you know, that I want to pass on to you that were, were passed on and taught to me. But it starts, you know, be filled with the Spirit. Uh, the Living Bible puts it like this, Do not be drunk with wine, for many evils lie along that path. Be filled instead by the Holy Spirit and controlled by Him. You know, one of the first things we have to, to realize here is that filled is not like a, it's not like a volume thing. You know, it's like you, you fill up with water or something like that. Filled, really, one of the reasons they rendered this word control, other, uh, the root word really has to do with being controlled. Just like it's contrasted with being drunk with wine, being drunk has to do with what? Being controlled under the influence of alcohol. And that draws out a certain way of life when you're drunk. I've heard that it draws out a certain way of life. Um, and, uh, but the same is true when you are filled or under the control of the Holy Spirit. It draws out another way of life. And they're really uh, in sharp contrast with one another there. 
But so it has to do with control. And one of the things that we have to realize when it talks about you know the Holy Spirit here is that when you became a Christian, you may or may not know this, but when you came to receive Christ into your life, the scriptures are real clear that receiving Christ. You, you receive, we know Jesus is sitting in heaven, uh, enthroned next to His Father, but you receive His Spirit, the Spirit of Christ. The essence of Jesus Himself comes to live inside every believer. So you may or may not know that, but if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have received His Holy Spirit. And there's no like, you know, it's not like you received a partial amount of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's like, you know, I gave you, you know, 50% of the Holy Spirit when you came to believe, and then you've got to work for the rest of it. The Holy Spirit, as, as a person, has come to take up residence in your heart if you're a believer. You need to know that. It's kind of like sitting on an a oil well, you know. It's like you have all this already at your disposal, Christians. Um, but the, the real question is, not do you have the Holy Spirit or not, or do you have all the Holy Spirit or not. It really comes down to, does the Holy Spirit have all of you? You have all the Holy Spirit you're going to get. But the real question is, does the Holy Spirit have control of you? Are you filled with the Spirit? Does He have all of you? And that's what we're going to talk about here, is just having, um, being filled and controlled with the Holy Spirit. Now one of the things that I was taught to remember that, uh, how to go about this, is an acronym that... It stuck with me now for, I think I heard a teaching on this back in 1997. And here it is, uh, what is it, 14 years later. And this acronym and the verses that go with it have stuck with me. And when I have applied them, my life is, I feel like it's lived out radically differently. Some of the things, the results of my life and the efforts are, are drastically different than when I'm maybe trying harder and trying to lean on my own strength and the results just don't seem to be the same. And I know it has to do directly with obeying these verses and walking in in the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit. But here's the acronym that I was taught. It's YAT. YAT. YAT means absolutely nothing. Um, But in some ways, because it's so silly and dumb, it could stick with you. It stuck with me for 14 years. It's made an impression. And the other thing I thought was interesting, that the guy that we talked about, Yates, you know, it's Y-A-T-E-S. We just dropped the E-S and you got YAT. Ties into, I just realized that today. It was like a, an epiphany. Um, but anyways, YAT is uh, an acronym. And before we continue, I'm going to have us do, just to make sure we're, we're you know, uh, I don't know, you might be tired as you sit right now. One of the things they had us do at the conference we were at is they did not give us a break in between teachings. We had a teaching from, you know, breakfast from uh, 8 to 9, teaching from 9 to 10, next teaching 10 to 11, next teaching 11 to noon. You did lunch. A lot of lunch and meals were you had a, a conversation while you were talking about, you know, we were talking about a commuter campus uh, ministry over dinner and stuff. But they didn't give us breaks. So what they did do is they had people from different campuses come up and teach their cheers, you know. Um, and so we learned the, uh, you know, the Gators do their thing and uh, the Florida State was represented. So we were doing the oh, 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 oh. Um, Tom Short taught us the Ohio cheer, you know, O-H-I-O, O-H-I-O, Ohio, something or another. Um, but there was, there was a lot of interesting cheers. But I thought for a moment here, I'm going to take a quick, make sure we're awake. And why don't you stand up real quick? We'll, we're going to practice. When we were trying to think if they had us do one from the Raria campus, what we would have done. You know, Metro State Roadrunners, we were kind of like, what do the Roadrunners, you know? 
just run around and nothing very frightening about the road runners but um, I don't know we'll have to figure that out we'll have to propose a cheer for them but but I thought we could practice the, one of them they had us do some different letters I can't remember Florida State had some funky like you know these S-shaped things and, but the point was you get to stretch out but we're going to practice Y-A-T real quick right so what's a Y anybody a Y you know and an A is kind of what you go down and like make an A right what's the real A no we need to do this capital it's a capital A right here like this so Y A T it gets more of the blood pumping than just going like that you can do that easy so we're going to talk about Y A C. Okay, one more time. Y A or T. There you go. Sorry. Okay, grab a C. There you go. We're going to keep moving here. but And these, again, the, the acronym is somewhat random, but the truth that it relates to is, you know, is eternal. It's, it's been there, um, you know, since for 2,000 years in the New Testament here now. So, um, Yield, ask, oh yeah, that means, that stands for yield, ask, trust. When it comes to being controlled by the Holy Spirit, walking in the Holy Spirit, what I hope that we in the firehouse come away with is that we need to yield in order to be filled with the Spirit. And we need to ask, and we need to trust. And so um, we're going to talk about each one of those points. Really the most involved one out of these all is uh, is the first one, yield. And yield... Um, Yield just means, you know, um, it's kind of like what we need to do is just, you know, the question we need to ask ourselves, am I in the Spirit or not? Am I walking in the Spirit right now or not? And usually what happens, the way it works in my life, is I'll do something dumb or something sinful, and then I'll realize I'm not in the Spirit right now. I'm now aware that I'm not in the Spirit. And now I need to yield. And I need to get in the Spirit. Um, And there's... uh, Little, another little phrase, hopefully we can remember, to be yielded. It's an old, I think it relates to the firehouse. It's a term relates to whenever you get caught on fire. What do they tell you to do if you catch on fire? Stop, drop, and roll. So that's the yield. The yield, just remember when you're going to yield, it's probably the most involved part of this whole thing. But it has to do with stopping, dropping, and rolling. So stop, drop, and roll. Um, but the stop, you know, the first part of the stop is like, you find out you're out of the spirit. I have a bad attitude. I'm being foolish. I'm being unkind. I'm being rude. I'm being uh, anxious. I'm worried. I'm what? I'm frustrated. I'm grumbling. Whenever you find you're out of step with the spirit, stop. Stop. You know, I was trying to find the right verses. Um, Zach and I were talking about this the other day. This is one of them that came to mind. You know, one time Jesus told this one person, "Go and sin no more." But I thought this one was even clearer. It says, "Stop sinning." Or something worse may happen to you, he told one guy. Stop sinning. If you come to the realization that you're sinning, that you're not in sync with God's Spirit, stop. Stop. Put on the brakes. Um, or something worse may happen. Um, okay, there's... Stop and then... Uh, let me see. I guess I'll do the next one first. I've got a little story. Stop and drop. Drop... Drop really means, I think of dropping to your knees. You stop sinning, you drop to your knees because you need to get on track with God. Um, and I think there's two things you can do when you drop to your knees. The first one is just, um, is just confess. You know, God, I was sinning. I had a bad attitude. I just spoke unkind to my wife or my kids. I just did something to my roommates. Um, and you stop doing it. You know, you can't really... 
get on your way if you're like, oh, I'm not done sinning yet. So then first you've got to stop, and then you drop and, and start dealing with God on it. Because though you might have affected another person, the ultimate person you affected is God. God's the one that says, hey, you. Be kind to your wife. Be considerate to your roommates. You know, think of others. Count others more significant than yourself. Maybe you just had a moment where you thought about yourself instead of someone else. But, but drop. Drop to your knees and just get honest about it. God, I just sinned. I confess. I just, I was selfish. I was sinful. I was hurtful. And you drop to your knees and just get honest with God about that and confess it. Confess just means to agree with God about it. Yes, God, that was sin that I just did. I, I agree. Um, and this says, you know, He's faithful, He's just, He will forgive us. You know, just as agreeing with God. You know, as a Christian, we don't have to uh, confess is agreeing with God. Sometimes I think we can go, I need to ask God's forgiveness every time I sin. That's not what it says. It says, confess your sin, agree with God, I just sinned. And it says, He will forgive you. He's, you know, we know He died on the cross for all of our forgiveness, but there's a way that we can walk in that forgiveness. And He'll purify us from all unrighteousness. So drop, confess, and then uh, this one here is just the part two of confess is we need to agree with God about this. If we do sin, if we find ourselves in sin, anybody who does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He's the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but the sins of the whole world. But when we stop sinning, we drop to our knees before Christ. We, just stop, we can drop to our knees before Christ and just confess our sins. But then, um, but then you can turn the next step is thanking Him. It turns this religion of like I'm going to the confession box and telling the priest everything I did wrong. You go from confessing your sins to thanking Jesus. He died on the cross for that sin. Whatever sin you just did, it's already been paid for on the cross. And, and there's a way that as you do this, you're renewed in the truths, the basic truths of the, of the Christian life. Um, and He's our advocate, and, and He's atoned for it. He took the punishment that you deserved for that sin. And, you know, we just have to watch ourselves. Um, I remember just recently here, um, when it comes to the, the stop, the drop, and then I'll tell you what the role is here, but um, watch your own life. When we're working around the warehouse, I think most of us assume I'm a Christian, I live life in the Spirit, you know. I have the Holy Spirit, so I must be in the Spirit. That assumption is wrong. You know, um, if, uh, if you're not bearing the fruit of the Spirit, you know, it says in Galatians 5 that the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So if you find yourself, you're going about life, and you say something rude to someone, and then you just keep going, it's easy to go, I'm in the Spirit except for that. That was dumb, and I just keep going. But, you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't do, like, partial stuff. It's like, I'm, I'm the Holy Spirit except for, yeah, I have rudeness here and there. If rudeness happened, it's because the flesh was in control of your life, not the Holy Spirit. And we just have to remember that we're not always in the Spirit. I think we all assume, I'm in the Spirit unless you prove a case against me otherwise which would be pretty easy to do a lot of times. But um, I know the other day we were working at the warehouse and uh, the radio was on. And we had uh, some song. It was like the, you know, the classic rock station. The 60s, 70s, and the 80s was thrown in there. And I was like, ah, 80s is now classic rock. That's, that's too bad. That's, that was when I was in high school. Um, but anyways, they were singing some song. And Tara and Megan are singing this song on the radio. And I remember this old joke. I thought I should pull this joke it would be funny. And, you know, so they're singing. I was like, uh, who sings that song? You know, uh, and Tara was like, it's, uh, who was it? Do you remember? 
Abba, Abba sings that song. I was like, well, why don't you let him? And uh, I was like, and then it didn't, it wasn't as funny as I thought it was supposed to be. And, and all of a sudden I remembered why I don't tell that joke anymore. You know, it's, it's kind of like who sings that and they tell you who and you say, why don't you let him? The other one is, do you like that song? And they say, yeah, I like that. And you, well, why do you sing it like that? You know, um, two jokes you can just realize you don't need to do them. They're not going to be as funny as you think. And they might be funny to you and they might not be funny to others. But when I was done, I was kind of like... That wasn't really kind, you know. People laughed, but they didn't, we didn't laugh in like a, a good sort of way, you know. Um, so eventually I went through this process and I go, I'm walking in the flesh. Or I'm trying to have fun at someone else's expense. I know that's sin. That's selfish. And I just got right with the Lord, you know, like, Lord, I confess that was at someone else's expense what I just did there. And I thanked Him for His forgiveness and then I went and found them painting in the bathroom or something and asked them to forgive me for that. But... Um, but you know, it's just one of those, I think you got to watch what you're doing. If you do something that's wrong, um, you know, I just think we're, if we did a percentage of how often you and I walk in the Spirit every day, we would be, take whatever percentage you get, cut that in half at least, and that's probably what we're doing right now. And it's probably not as Spirit-filled as we would assume. We might need to challenge our assumptions on how often we do that. But, but anyways, when you do, stop sinning. And drop to your knees. And sometimes if you're having trouble stopping sinning, you might reverse these first two and drop first and go like, God, I'm sinning. I don't even want to stop sinning. Please help me to even stop sinning. You know, there's Philippians 2.13 just says, uh, it's a verse that just says that it is God who works in us to will and to work for His, His good pleasure. And God can work in us to give us the heart to stop and then to bring it about. So if we're not able to, you just get honest. Maybe drop first. Ask Him to help stop sinning so that you can then repent of it and move on your way, confess it, and, and thank Him for that. But stop, drop, and roll is the last one here. Stop, drop, and roll. And I think of roll, I, I think of, uh, you know, what do you do when you roll? You stop, you drop, you start just turning around on the ground, right? Put the fire out, stop, drop, and roll. But I think of, you stop your sinning, you, you drop before Christ, and then you, you roll, you just turn over control. Christ. You say, here's, it's kind of like if you're driving a car, you say, Jesus, here's the keys. I was driving. I just did something stupid again. Uh, I'm done with that. I thank you for forgiving me, and and I just want to roll and roll with you. Turn the keys over to Him. Stop, drop, and roll. You know, one of the verses that I think really relates to that is this one here. It's a classic. Many of us know. Therefore, I, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, you've just gotten done reflecting on the cross and what Jesus has forgiven you for that sin, and in light of that mercy, like the song saying, you know, that we sang that he came, he came into this world. The God is so far away. The God is so holy. The God who hates sin, that transcendent God came into this world to rescue us. Um, and in view of that mercy, offer yourself to him. Give him the keys and say, you know, this will never repay what you've done for me, but, but it's fitting. You know, it's, it's a holy and pleasing sacrifice to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So whenever you, you do that, stop. Drop before Christ and confess your sin and thank, you, thank Him for the forgiveness and then roll with Him. Say, here's the keys, let's roll. Let's roll in the Spirit here. And, and that's just, again, uh, one more quick time. We stand up one more time here, real quick. We do. Make sure we know our, uh, our letters here. Keep you alive and well. Okay. Why, why is for what? Yield. A is for ask, which we're going to get to. And T is for trust. But yield. 
Ask. Trust. Okay, we just wrapped it. Go ahead and grab a seat. But yield was the most uh, most involved part of that. Yield really means, again, what is what is yield? What do you do to yield? Stop, drop, and roll. Stop that sinning. Drop to your knees before your Savior and turn over the keys. Roll with Him. And so that's that's the yield. Stop, drop, and roll. Um, the ask is, ask is very simple. I mean, the ask is, uh, here's a verse here that I think ties in asking related to the Holy Spirit and if you see, Jesus was talking to these fathers who were kind of wicked fathers. They were not moral. They were selfish. But he said to them, Hey, look, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Do you want to be filled and controlled with the Spirit? Well, ask your Father, Father, please fill me with the Spirit. Cause me to be filled. That's a simple, simple thing to do. Yield, ask, trust. Yield is stop, drop, and roll. Ask is just ask. You know, your word says, you can really, when you pray, I pray, I just say often, um, Lord, the word says, be filled with the Spirit. It's your command. I'm asking that you would help me be filled right now. Cause me to be filled with the Spirit right now in the way you meant in this verse. And then, last one, trust. You know, um, here's a verse that says, you know, that helps us know you know, did God hear me when I asked that prayer? Is God going to follow through on that? I just asked Him to fill me, but I don't know. I'm not speaking in tongues or anything. Am I really feel, filled? Um, and this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask Him anything according to His will, is it according to His will to be filled with the Spirit? Anyone? The answer is yes. Yes, it is, because we just saw the command in Ephesians 5.18. Be filled with the Spirit. It's a command. If you're not filled with the Spirit, guess what? You're in sin. You're not obeying when he says be filled. If you're running the show, calling the shots in your life as a Christian, you're in sin. And you need to repent. You know, sometimes the stop and drop is, Lord, I've been controlling my own life here. I'm trying to drive. I'm I'm trying to direct. And I just call it what it is. It's sin, Lord. And I want to give the keys back to you. I thank you that you forgave me. But but God wants us to be filled with the Spirit. This is a part of the, the Christian life. is this fullness that comes from His Holy Spirit. So we can ask Him that and then we can know. I've asked God for something that He wanted. I can know He's answered me. I can know that I have what I asked of Him and, and, and let's roll. Um, another verse here you might know is, uh, Therefore, as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. You know, when we come to receive Christ, it really, you know, it's uh, we repent. We, we know it's trusting Him alone, place our trust in Him alone, and then we express that to Him in prayer. You know, it's kind of like the diagram class. But I think of the chair analogy, it's the same, it's the same thing is true here. You know, it's like, you know how many of we, we know the chair analogy? It's like, do you believe Jesus died on the cross for your sins? Yeah. Um, but are you really trusting Him as your Savior for all your sins? Well, you know, it's the whole analogy. Are you sitting in the chair? What? No, how does it go? Do you believe that chair will hold you up? Yes. yes. Is that chair holding you up? No. no. And why not? We shared this with a guy just this last week who knew a lot about Jesus. He'd been to church. He knew a lot about the chair. That chair would hold me up because that chair, you know, Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. But I, I just asked him, are you sitting in that chair? And it became really clear he was not. And we told him, like trusting Christ for salvation, you must trust Him alone. You sit in the chair, you don't trust your religion and your other things. You just trust Christ. And that's how I know I'm going to heaven because I've placed my trust in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. 
And that's, that's the way he's wired it. But he says here, if you're going to walk in the Spirit, if you're going to walk in Christ, what is it? It's the same thing. You've yielded to God, you've asked Him to fill you, and now you've got to what? Sit down and trust that he, he fills you. And it's the same thing. It's like a trust, and then I try really hard, and I trust, and you know, it's, um, that's the same, the spirit of it is, is you've got to trust Him to fill you. And then you just get on with life. You know, in some ways the chair, I understand that, you know, it's trusting Christ, you're just sitting there, Waiting until he comes to, to take us to heaven, you know. But walking, and I was trying to figure out what's the. You're trusting him, but you're walking without moving. Uh, I don't know, but it's the same idea. You just start going on with life, trusting that the Spirit is now empowering you and directing you. And you just do what you would normally do. And But you'll find some things that might be uh, different here. Let's see. Do I have any other verses? Uh, walking this way, yeah. I say walk by the Spirit and you'll not gratify the desires of your flesh. Um, so you just get on with life. One of the things I like about this uh, Ephesians 5.18 is that what happens, what does it say right after, you know, be filled with the Spirit? It goes on to say, I think I have this verse here, but I could be wrong. Oop, oop. Sorry, can I go backwards? No. Alright, I'll just read it. So we can go to the very last slide, I think. The last verse. Um, but it just says this, be filled with the Spirit. You, you guys are now filled. You've asked Him to fill you. You're trusting Him too. And, and then it goes on to say, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. It's, it's a waste. It's a waste of time, waste of life. Um, instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You know, when you've asked to be filled and you get on with life, one of the things you should expect that is getting on in your life is speaking with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing a song in your heart to the Lord and giving thanks to God all the time in the name of His Son. And there should be a submission about your life. This is one way to tell if you're in the Spirit or not. How often are you walking around singing and praising the Lord in your heart? If you're not really into that... My guess is you might have also been missing out on this, being filled with the Spirit, because they kind of come together. The verse right after it, it's what you should expect. And, and I often, you know, pray, um, you know, God, uh, I often have asked for a song. Lord, give me a song that I can just go out of here singing. The last day since we heard this song, well, yesterday, maybe the day before, I've been singing that. I called and you answered. I've been singing that where I'm going, not just because I have to. I've got to sing a spiritual song. It's an awesome song to sing to my Savior that I'm walking in step with. Um, and, but, but you might ask God to give you a song. Maybe you're not the singing type. Maybe you're not the Spirit-filled type. But maybe God wants you to be. That should be a part of, of the believers, at least in your heart. You go, my voice is terrible. I don't know. He says in your heart, worst case, you know. Keep it to yourself, but between you and the Lord, I'm sure you can sing. I don't know if it's how you sing out of tune in your heart. That's hard to do, probably. But um, And then submission. You know, you're working well with the people around you. It goes on, the whole chapter then goes, and here's ways I want you to relate. Husbands and wives and, and employers and children. And, and there's ways that you will relate naturally when you're in the Spirit. And so, um, let's see here. And, and really what... What being filled with the Spirit is the yield, the ask, the trust. Walking in the Spirit is is going through that process over and over again. You could almost put this, uh, you know, this arrow pointing back to the top. So you're trusting God. You're going on with life. You're singing, and then you have a bad attitude. You get angry, and what do you do? You do the whole thing again. 
and you yield and you stop, drop, roll, confess, thank God for dying for that, give control over again, ask Him to fill you and get on your way again and just let Him live the Christian life through. You know, the, the, the Christian life, there's no better person to live the, the Christian life for you than the Spirit of the Christ. There's no more Christian life. And we can do our own Christian life where we get all of our ducks in a row and we try to make sure we're maintaining love and peace and joy and patience and faithfulness. And it kind of can be like you're trying to keep a bunch of plates spinning in the air. You know, that's what I, when I first heard this teaching, I was like, okay, I've got to have love. That's really important. I've got to have, you know, love, joy. Okay, I've got to have joy. And got to have uh, this and, you know, faithfulness. Oh, don't come crashing down. Let's keep going here. And, oh, love. And you start like juggling all these plates. But when you are filled with the Spirit, you know, the Spirit does all of those naturally. It comes natural to the Spirit. You don't have to juggle and be like, oh, I'm so tired because I'm running around doing here. I'm trying to... The Spirit will do that. That, that comes naturally to the Spirit when you're yielded to the Spirit to uh, live His life through you. And so I think sometimes if you feel like you're trying to keep a bunch of plates spinning, you probably are. But you might just yield to the Spirit, ask Him to fill you, trust that He will. Let Him keep the plates spinning. The Holy Spirit can keep a lot of plates spinning, you know, and in a glorious way. But, um, but you just go through that process again. I remember when I was first taught this, the guy was saying, you know what, if this is new to you, you might find yourself yatting like 50 times a day. Lord, I did it again. You know, if this is new, you're really changing ownership of who's driving your life, you know. And it's going to take a little working it out to go, like, I'm doing this again. And then you might have some days where you wake up and go, Lord, fill me. And, and you go for a while and you go like, I haven't sinned for a while. This is awesome. And I'm enjoying life and cool things are happening. I'm not dropping plates all over the place. Um, but this is something you'll, you'll have to practice and exercise in. Um, but just to, to close the time here, I think we're just going to close in that song we started with. I think it qualifies for a, a, a psalm, a hymn. It comes from psalm, that, that line I called and you answered. It's like throughout the psalms. So we're going to sing, if we could have the band come up, let's sing that song again. And then let's get on our way today just walking in the Spirit and yielding and asking and trusting. Yield. Sorry if you can remember our hand motions again. Yield. Ask. Trust that maybe the band will get us to practice that. But we'll sing this song after um, after we sing this song here. I hope you enjoy it. And just there's a lot of things that relate to this walking in step with Him. Uh, I want to be where you are. One of the things I think about that is the Lord is, is walking about His day doing something. And are you in step with Him? Are you where He is at? Because if you're in the Spirit, you are. If you're in your flesh, you're probably not in step with Him, walking where He is. But um, after we're done, we have there's a party here at 12:30. So we have we'll sing for five minutes. We'll we'll clean up here. Have a party at 12:30. So keep that in the back of your your mind as well. So all right, let's do this. <laughs>